0: And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Scott slams it in.
1: There's Lindergaard, making Forrest back pedal. Davies looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's standing by the deflection.
2: It's Aaron Davis, He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil.
3: Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start!
1: Manner after just six minutes gives. You
3: Stansfield, good turn away
1: from John. goal!
3: So hello and welcome to episode 185 of the Glover's Cast. If you listened all the way to the end of Friday's podcast, you would realise that it's only me. It's only Dave here from the uh, original trio of Glover's casters. So I've had to go on a bit of a recruitment drive of my own on Friday when I realised I was going to be let down. So uh, in the same spirit as Chris Hargreaves, I've uh, I've gone for a bit of uh, an experienced campaigner, taking the Jimmy Touré role, an experienced campaigner. She's seen it all. She's been there. She's done it. She's got the T-shirt. It's BBC Somerset. It's Sheridan Robbins. Good evening. Good evening. I was going to say a little bit maverick as well there, because I think Jimmy going to be a bit of a maverick as well, but we'll come on to that. So just to introduce my other guest, which I, I guess only leaves uh, him to be the highly rated up-and-coming teenager. And given that he's nearly as old as I am, I don't think that's going to work. But it is for his debut as a Glovers caster, Mr. Christopher Fox. Hello, Chris. Good,
1: good evening. Good evening, Dave. Good evening, Sheridan.
3: Yeah, and uh, no to... appearance, the way, second appearance, second appearance. I, uh, you see, I don't remember you being on as a guest, were you? As a, as a, as a, uh, uh all the way, Ooh, through. maybe
1: not, yeah. Maybe yeah. Not, yeah. I remember yeah.
3: you coming on, but I, I can't remember you being um uh, one of the uh, one of the three. But it's good to have you here, and the, I'm glad the two of you are here because the two of you were at Hewish Park to watch a impressive one all draw against um I'm going to call them big spending Wrexham because it seems to wind their fans up no end. So um I, I I'll, I'll call them that. So um yeah, that, well let's start from the beginning. Always a good place. Uh, I would. I think it's probably fair to say that playing a back three in the first half against Gunthorpe United was, in the words of Ben Barrett, what the cool kids call an epic fail. So, Sheridan, to start with you, when you saw that team sheet and you saw that's probably three centre-backs there, what was your honest first reaction?
2: Well, I will admit, and also we must just say that you're the most committed member of the Glover's cast because it's your birthday and you're still here. Oh, there you go. The yeah. Oval Town, you know. No,
3: no, that's because nobody else wants to, you know, no one wants to take me out to And he's got dances, his birthday I...
1: present in the background as well. I, uh, I have. Them.
3: Yeah, the listeners can't <laughs> see it, but I have got... The uh the new home kit which was bought for me as a birthday present, which uh, I'd say it's the first home kit a first kit of any kind that I bought since the Bradford's one. So that's going a very long way back, isn't it? So there you go. That's credit to the uh the designers of this kit, because I do like it. But, oh, I love but thank you for that. Yes, 42 years young.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, actually, I I will admit, and if anyone was listening on BBC Somerset, I I assumed it would be a back four, especially as we were playing Wrexham and I kind of got the impression from Chris, who gives nothing away, by the way, very different to interviewing uh, Darren Sahl before the games. Um, I thought that we would shore it up a little bit more Staunton back in in defence, which obviously he was, but he was part of a back three. Um, But as soon as the the kickoff happened, it was clear we were sticking with the back three. But, you know, Josh Johnson coming in made a real difference and credit to Chris Hargreaves because he was sticking with his guns. He wanted to play that system. He believes he's got the players to play that system. And we came out all guns blazing in that first, you know, five minutes. I know we went behind. um, I'm sure we'll talk about the uh, goal we conceded. But we started on the front foot. We looked confident and it was a good atmosphere at, at Hewish Park. So, um, yeah, I, I think Ian wrote, didn't he, that we've got to give it a chance. And already in the space of, of a week, I saw a marked improvement. And I'm sure the players felt that a lot more comfortable in, in that, that system. Yeah.
3: And um, uh, Foxy, did you, you watch the Scunthorpe game? Did you on the TV? I know you didn't go up, but yeah. Did, did, what, what did you think of the of, of how it set up, and, and and what was what was the difference? Because as I say, when <laughs> I was I was terrified as soon as I realised it was a it, it was a back three, but it kind of quickly became apparent that it was a different setup to the one at Scunthorpe.
1: Yeah, like Sheridan sort of mentioned, I was when the lineup came out. Uh, I was quite surprised, uh, and I was trying to work it out on the way to the ground. Actually, to try and work out what the formation would actually be, and myself and my dad actually both went through different presumptions trying to work out which um, which formation it was going to be. And to see it set up at five again at the back, well, say five <laughs> wing backs, um, I was a bit apprehensive because we all know how um, how well Wrexham can be and should be Um, and it was it was a bit worrying but like Sharon said the first five minutes we just came out all guns blazing and it was really good to see see that Wakefield and um, Record were just were actually playing a lot further up the pitch and they were sort of you know in in the Wrexham wing backs faces near enough really it was really good to sort of see a a positive start, which is what we wanted to see after a, a positive ending from Scunthorpe. Yeah. We want to see that positive start, which we did see, which is really good. And then, yeah, we got sucker punched a little bit, yeah. really.
3: But before we go on to the goal, I just want to ask because at, at Scunthorpe, I think they did to uh, they, they did to us what it sounds like we did to, to Wrexham because at the beginning of that first half, they were in our faces, I think, mm-hmm. and that. Kind of put us on the back foot, both record and and Wakefield, and we sort of saw Charlie Wakefield's deficiencies as a defender because he's not a defender um, uh, in 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 that position. Is is that fair to say, Sheridan? Do you think that um, they there was a we we picked up a bit of that?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's that's absolutely fair, and I think there was some momentum. I know the shape was different at the end of Scunthorpe, but there was a definite wave of momentum, particularly from from the win backs. I mean, the the fact that record scored just being a standard left back, you could see he was so up for it. And Charlie Wakefield was a lot further forward from the start. He obviously felt like he had more protection with Staunton in that back three. And I think that psychologically makes such a difference. And of course you are at home. I know you're playing Wrexham, but you're still Mm -hmm. at home. You've still got to take the game to them. And I think actually, when you have an opening day defeat, away from home against a team that's got parachute payments. You know, I think they're going to be be up there. I know they lost yesterday, but they're a better team than I think a lot of people before the the season started have given them credit for. Um, and there was just so much more confidence and they just took the game to them. You're, you're absolutely absolutely right. And that's what home crowd always wants to see.
3: Yeah. But then they've already alluded to it, six minutes in, long ball over the top, almost... Morgan Williams doesn't quite know where the ball is looking at it on the highlights, he kind of comes off the top of his head and he's he's looking round and suddenly there's Paul Mullen. probably if you could pick someone that you didn't want the ball to be the feet of, it would probably be him Uh, goes through and does does what he does, I mean what, what are we thinking at that point Foxy? Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> oh dear yes, we can't swear we can't swear, sorry Deb.
1: Debs, you know, we can't swear um, it was oh dear um, it was it was frustrating after the start that we, we'd made we were on the front foot and a sort of, it felt like it was a hopeful long ball yeah. forward really and like you say, Williams Williams just completely not lost his head as such but just didn't know where he was um, and he didn't know whether to head the ball he didn't know whether to miss it in the end he sort of didn't either and it felt like it hit his shoulder mm. um, and like you say, it fell to put Mullins and as soon as it fell to to Mullins she knew exactly where where that ball
3: was going sadly yeah and it did but it it sounded like and I, I was listening to you and Ian on the commentary Sheridan we we didn't give up it didn't sound like there was an awful lot either way in that first half after aside from that goal and probably the heat I imagine had a had a big part to play but it they didn't you know put us to the sword which was probably the worry at that point.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I thought, well, that's a good good start. Then you concede the goal and you just think it does one or two things to a team like Wrexham. It either calms them down and they just sit back, which I think is what they they did, or it gives them more momentum. We can score four, we can score five again against these. Um, which you would think with the squad that they've got, that that would be their attitude. You're right, the heat probably um did play a part. Um, but yeah, it was very even. I was very happy actually that it didn't affect us you know obviously heads went down it was disappointing Um, but there's a lot of communication between these players a lot more than I think we've seen over the past couple of seasons so they're not afraid to have a go at each other um, but equally they're strong as a team and it did not affect them still had some chances in the first half and a lot of people have spoken about the difference between the, the two halves and no doubt we had better chance in the second half. We came out a lot stronger, but we were also very much in the game in, in the first half. And we couldn't have complained if or Rexham couldn't have complained if it was nil nil, um, because really that was the only um, clear cut chance they had. So for a young team um, to not lose their heads, to not crumble after, you know, a really tough start. And of course it's that striker who scored 32 goals last season. Mm. Um, It could have really shaken them in a, in a system that they're still learning, but it, it didn't. And the reaction of the crowd summed that up, but particularly at at halftime, you know, you're losing one nil, but I think everyone in the stadium knew that, that, that they were still in it. And uh, there was a chance of getting a result.
3: Yeah. You look at the way they set up with Mullen, Palmer, and Elliot Lee up front. I mean, that's just, uh, yep. ridiculous for this 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 level is not it and if they wanted to you know if they they'd have been in the mood they they, they could have spanked us couldn't they the,
1: the thing is though you say that i I thought felt that we reacted really well mm. after the goal mm. um and I'm not sure if you noticed it sheridan but um when the when the goal went in fisher was he, he dropped back and was telling the players to calm down mm. he was actually telling the players to calm down let's go again let's start again and we did um and throughout the rest of that half i felt we battled really really well you know we matched up again in the formation and we just battled and it was sort of like sheridan mentioned obviously it was so hot and there wasn't a lot of chances in the game yesterday but we just battled and it was really good and that's why the crowd really got behind the team because they could see the battling that was going on like Worthington for me yesterday in even in that first half I thought he was absolutely outstanding he was everywhere in that midfield and you know how he how he managed to um keep running and running the, the whole game I have no idea because that man he just he just had everything he had everything yesterday in that midfield for me
3: and a redhead playing in that heat as well <laughs> he's keeping I, everything against him isn't he no,
2: fellow redhead here in the press box was struggling. Doesn't look like it affected Matt Worthington at all. I thought he was unbelievable. He's really coming into his own and actually getting him more forward has been just sublime to watch. And I think when they were a bit more confident defensively, he was given that freedom. And he just, yeah, I mean, in the second half, he tackled Paul Mullen for the, for the ball and. Mullen had nothing on him Um, and speaking about the heat and the fitness our fitness is unbelievable we completely had the legs over them that's why they had a corner right at the end Um, but actually there was only one team that was going to go and win that game late on and it was us because we had that fitness Um, all the players all the subs I mean Lawson not had a a pre-season came on and was just unbelievable so credit to the staff because I was super impressed with how we coped with it And, you know, the longer the game went on, we had the legs and and they didn't.
3: If you haven't seen Scott Wickens, the uh, fitness, sports conditioning coach, I think he calls himself, uh, not fitness coach, then uh, he's, uh, he's put a, a tweet on on, on, a, on his Twitter uh, talking about the different way, different things that he was trying out to cope with the heat. So it's worth a, worth a read if you, if you do. But uh, OK, well, let's go into the second half. Uh, actually, no, in fact, before we do, Foxy, that was your first sighting, I think, of certainly Sam Pearson. Had you seen Sam Perry before, maybe in a um, friendly I- game? I'd
1: seen Sam Perry in a friendly. Um, I'd seen the Plymouth friendly, so I'd seen a few of the players
3: previously. Um, What what are your thoughts on Pearson?
1: Pearson, I think he's going to be too good for this league. Uh, I know it's a bold statement already, but the way that he was in in behind Fisher and Linton, and you could already see the link-up play um, between the three of them already. Where we were having to sort of play sort of longish balls out from the back or from Worthington um, into Fisher, and Fisher was with, winning everything in the air. But the person that was there next to him was Pearson, mm-hmm. um, and Pearson was picking up that ball. And I think we've got a very good player on our hands in Pearson already. I think he's going to be um, be, be one to watch. I would say if he's playing in that either in that hole behind the front two. Or in a you know in a change of formations, out right, left or right. I think he'll be be one to watch. Um, as for Perry, it's probably going to be a controversial opinion, but I haven't seen enough of him yet to warrant him being in the starting eleven. Uh, I'm not I'm not 100 convinced on him at the moment. Um, yesterday he seemed to mark a lot of space he was having to go up against I'm not sure which one it was but one of the centre midfielders number seven I can't remember who that was in the end yesterday Um, and it just felt that he got a little bit overawed and he didn't really really do a lot for me yesterday he sort of seemed a little bit lost in that centre midfield it felt like Worthington was having to cover him quite a bit.
3: What do you think Sheridan?
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Yes, they brought Jordan Davis into the the starting. We know him very well. Yeah, because why wouldn't you? You
3: know, 20 goals, uh, midfielder. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, and
2: you could see the experience up against Perry. And he kind of came in and out of the game. I already thought, actually, early doors. I think I'd said his name more than I did in the whole match against Gunthorpe. So there was definitely a marked improvement. But he doesn't consistently do what he needs to do and have that bite in, in midfield um, obviously he's going to improve I'm sure and, and get stronger but I think as well you contrast it with a similar age um, and you've got Loney with the quality of Sam Pearson and there's just no comparison currently um, Pearson just ran them ragged and looked like he could run for days I think Jamie Record really enjoyed having him um, next to him to feed him the ball so that he could get crosses in, um, reads the game brilliantly, um, and perhaps you know we just we had a very really strong midfield and Perry was perhaps the one that you didn't notice as much. So um, Chris obviously believes in him. That's too. so I was surprised to see him in the starting eleven, if I'm honest. Um, and I think he took quite a, bat, a
3: heavy knock, didn't he, at the, no, when he, he went off against Gunthorpe yeah. as well.
2: Yeah, another reason. So perhaps that that had something to do with it. Um, I mean, they're never the finished product, are they? These young players, but um, yeah, just just one to keep an eye on, I think, um, especially now. We've got six loans, and one's going to miss out.
3: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just need to point this out because Ben will tell me off if I do. not But when we talk about Linton and Fisher, could we use the word "fish and mow, Please, that's uh, that's the phrase. So <laughs> it has to be some kind of like crime fighting duo or something. Well, Ben's if there's his, any, not, it's fine. Uh, Fish and Mal, so um, so yeah, uh, which takes us neatly on to the second half. So the start of the second half, Fish and Mal were out again. And um, yeah, so uh, I was listening on the commentary. Maliki Linton, clear through on goal, one-on-one. Keeper turns it around the post. What were you thinking on that one, Sheridan?
2: Oh, well, wow. the... the- Biggest thing as well with that was that their keeper, their third choice keeper, because they've got two injuries, he was not comfortable all game. Um, he forced a few errors um, defensively for Exum. And so if you have that opportunity against any goalkeeper, you've got to take it. And what I really thought was, this has been his pre-season. That was his him at Scunthorpe. He's missed those chances. His confidence is just gonna drain from him how wrong I was. <laughs> um, lovely
3: was, when you're wrong sometimes. Oh, just, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
2: absolutely. I mean, it, it was minutes later. It was unbelievable. Um, so full credit to his attitude for the way he reacted to that. Um, because as well, it was in front of the Thatcher's gold stand. So yeah. you've got the fans. like can't believe that they're not, they're not now at, at 1-1. Um, it was a great chance. It was really our best chance. And and sums up how we came out in the second half just completely as we did in the first we were dictating the play they didn't make any changes at half time so we just did the same as we did in the, in the first half and it already paid off making um howard make uh, make that save um and yeah then the wonder goal happened
3: yeah so describe it to us uh, to us again or do we have to go back and listen to the <laughs> poetry again <laughs> oh, it, I, was, I, think, I think i heard ian scream at least yeah. once so yeah <laughs>
2: yeah i loved i loved someone commented um when i put it on twitter that good job lawson wasn't on commentary a have bit more more expletives i think but yeah, yeah it's just a dink pull forward a, a high yeah. forward i think from josh staunton picked it up took a touch half volley top corner i mean it was unbelievable Unbelievable yeah. strike. I mean, if you thought Jordan Barnett's was good last season, I think this the way the technique that he had on on that and the context of it as well. I think the, you know, everyone was in that stadium knew what happened just minutes before. Yeah. And, uh, he hit it with such, such power and it was electric, electric. And he just ran behind the goal, celebrated yeah. in front of the Thatchers' goal stand and yeah, I think that's goal of the season wrapped up pretty early.
3: I was go- I was going to ask you, Foxy, as uh, Sheridan mentions there, the Jordan Barnett one. You- were you behind the goal for that one against Torquay? I to was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I which was. would you say was better out of the two? Uh, I'd
1: actually probably see. I'd actually go Linton because yeah. because it was. I admittedly, both were out of nothing. Yeah. Um, and although Jordan Barnett's strike was was an absolute belter in... Obviously, at the time, he was a really good fans' favourite there as well. Um, for me, Linton's was was really special because it was just on because of what happened moments earlier. And like Sheridan yeah. mentioned, I don't. It, I think the whole of the ground were just sort of like couldn't believe the chance. It, you know, it, it wasn't a straightforward chance. I, you know, I will give him that. I think the problem was because, like Sheridan mentioned, he hadn't scored in pre-season. He got that chance and wanted it. Yeah. And he was desperate for that chance. And I think he just took it too early. Mm-hmm. He had so much time to and even time run, than he on
0: yeah. run
1: on. Um, and I think he, he was so desperate to score that I think he just was sort of like, just snatched at it. And I think that was probably part of the way that he scored, actually scored his goal because he was so, so he wanted to impress, it felt like he wanted to impress the fans on his home debut. And like you mentioned in his, After match interview, he he really wanted to get, it felt like he really wanted that first goal. And I think the frustration of missing the chance before helped him a little bit because he was like, right, let's just have a hit. Let's hit it. And as soon as it left his boot, it was in. Like I was right behind, right behind the goal. And as soon as he left, as soon as it left his boot, he knew it was in. But it took an age to go
3: in as well. It did. <laughs> yeah. Can I can I can I just say there from his post-match interview, what a well spoken young um. man. I know that makes me sound 82 rather than 42, <laughs> I know, but 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 it was that makes it was you just sound like 42. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just just look at him thinking, yeah, oh how polite is he as well. But yeah, no, no, oh. shook our hands. Yeah. Just, yeah,
2: lovely, lovely young lad. And was buzzing, absolutely yeah. buzzing with it. Um
3: And those are the just like the joyful interviews to do. Um, I I loved it when you, I think you said to him something like, um, do you hope that this, now you've got one, then you can go on. And you just looked, you went, definitely. Like that and I was like yes that is the right answer yeah because I mean that's what we all hope isn't it I know Ian mentioned it last time Al and I think I've said the same as well is Linton's the one for me of all the players that we've new players that we've brought in obviously we know what the likes of Charlie Wakefield and Josh Daunton and Max Hunt and, and so on um, can bring but Linton for me just feels like he's got that as I said to you guys before we started recording he's in this division you seem to need three things to be a good strike you need to be quick you need to be physical or you just need to have a really good knack of scoring goals said someone like Reese Murphy um and Linton has definitely got physical and he's definitely got quick um and he's only 21 so if he can get that third bit right now like you say if he's got the confidence to take on that shot straight after um doing it hopefully that's you know giving him something that he can can go on and, and he can be that 10, 15, 20 goal season striker that we want. Don't have put too much pressure on him, but it's positive.
2: Very much so. Very much so. I think, you know, everyone was willing him to get that goal because he works so hard. And I I think when you're in a strike partnership with Alex Fisher, who really does not stop running, (laughs) you've got to work hard. So I actually think they're going to be good for each other. Um, And it was nice, actually. I know... um, Chris sort of said to me, I think it was off there, but he wasn't sure who to take off if it was take of Fisher or or Linton. Um,
3: and it was nice actually. That, Sorry, that, uh, can I just pull you back there? Yeah. Fisher Mal, you mean? Not Fisher
2: Mal. Linton. Yeah, well, Chris calls him Mal as well doesn't <laughs> he? So there you go. Um, so that was nice that actually got got um, a, a chance to just be in front of the fans because it just the atmosphere was was fantastic. And and from seeing you know that goal and. Seen the reaction of the Wrexham fans, who just said, wow, that was some yeah. some finish. And
0: yeah.
2: yeah, to be 21 and and, and doing that, let's hope uh, there's more to come from him.
3: Yeah, there was a, um, there, I don't know if you've ever seen on social media, there's a Wrexham fan called Bootlegger. Have you ever seen him? It's usually yeah. he usually does videos of him like drinking pints and just saying crazy things but uh he, he even he replied to i think it was a Rexham fan and done one of the you know those youtubers where they video the game and um uh, and he just replied to it cracking gold ducker he said something like that so there you go if you're getting if you're getting praise of bootlegger that's um that 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 that's pretty good but um uh, probably the other big thing about the um about the second half um from again from from just listening to it was um so let me get this right it's not gimme it's jimmy jimmy
2: as in jimmy smith <laughs>
3: right but jimmy toure g-i-m-i-e which to me is gimme but there we go so my headline of gimme 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 just didn't work did it no um uh so he came on and sound like he made it quite an impression
0: <laughs>
3: he boxing yeah he did he did yeah. um it was interesting
1: to see when he came on he, he's a he's a big guy Yeah. Um, and again, he's got a lot. He looks like he's got a lot of strength about him and a lot of pace. I still, um am having watched him. I'm still not sure if he's a a striker or a winger. That's
3: what I was going to he, ask actually. I've written down he, here. Where did he play? Because I remember well, he, he he came on
1: up front. Yeah, but he came. Obviously, he replaced. Did he replace Linton? or Fish. Did he replace Fish. Fisher? He Fish. replaced Fisher. He replaced so he, Fish. He, yeah, he not played Mal. Fish. Sorry, he played Fish, not not Mao. Um, like he came on and him. Yeah, yeah, by the end of the show it'd be all right um he came on and it looked like he was going up front but it felt like mm. he was drifting into the left wing area and it feels like i i think he's probably more of a of a winger because as soon as he came on he was doing a step over you don't see a striker doing a step over strikers are there just to try and hit the ball and get it in the net um he was doing stepovers and he had a bit of pace about him. And like you say, the fans, I think he's already going to be a cult hero. Wow. Already he's only played what, <laughs> 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and it looked like he was already going to be a cult hero because it was the you know the Yar Ya Tore song that was bringing <laughs> around. Oh, was you know? it? It, it? Yes, it was, yeah.
3: Nice. Yeah.
1: So, you know, we'll we'll see. Like it, he made a good impression. It'll be interesting to see. How he gets on, I I don't think he's a like a Fisher type replacement because no. Fisher Fisher for me wins all the headers and he's the the hold up man. He he's he sort of sets the ball rolling. While it feels like Gimmy's more of a forward, you know he likes the ball at his feet.
3: Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> so that's because I have put it in your head now, haven't I? Yeah, um, I thought it was Jimmy. Uh, if if you'd have asked me before the game, I said Jimmy. Wow. Jimmy.
1: Jimmy. It yeah. feels like he
3: he's probably more of a winner for me. Yeah, and I think when I've seen him play for Hartlepool, I remember a game up there where he scored against us, and uh, he was definitely playing um, in a in a wider position. But Sheridan, I think you said on commentary you were uh, up, up up alongside him in the in the tunnel before before the game, and he is he's a Yeah, big guy. I
2: mean, uh, you know, I think we said it that this is probably one of the biggest, tallest, strongest Yobel sides I've seen in a number of years. We're never usually the big team, are we? Yeah, Um, yeah, and I was waiting to um, interview Chris and he just walked out and I was like, whoa, (laughs) a man mountain in all, all ways. And yeah, it was brilliant him coming on because he just the first thing he did as soon as he was brought on picked up the ball in his own half a little step over past two two of the Wrexham players past the halfway line and then immediately won a free kick I mean what more do you want for your first appearance and first few minutes on on the pitch for for Yeovil and um I think what we saw actually when it was announced he was signing from Hartlepool fans was that he loves a step over that's just yes. one of the things he just loves to do. Um, but he was strong. I mean, as I said it to uh, to Chris before, as he had a pre-season, he hasn't. I mean, he looked sharp, but it will take him a while to be able to, to start. But it's a nice different option. Foxy's so right. He's not an he's not a fish. Um, he's very, very different to that. He brings something more dynamic. And he must, I mean, we we know he scored against us twice in the same season, didn't he? Nightmare, yeah. nightmare to play against because you can't muscle him off the ball. He likes to run with it, and I think he might set up a few. Um, and, yeah, just an, an exciting signing and, you know, still could go either way, I think. I think yeah. it's one that's unproven, and um, it'll be interesting to see how he does fit in, if he is going to become a regular starter. But for for a cameo, he did everything right. That's for
3: sure. Yeah, Ben uh, dropped a line to the uh, reporter, a a paper in Carlisle, and he said exactly the same thing. I said he was uh, in the first season that they had him, because I think he signed for Carlisle from Hartlepool. um, He he looked great. um, Exactly. the, 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 The kind of maverick genius player. But he said very easily he can kind of, he's either all or nothing. He's either... Missing in games, or he's doing the kind of things. It sounds like, like he, he did got a few injuries, and then it didn't quite work out for him. And obviously, he was he was released. But when you um type his name in, obviously Jimmy Touré into the um into Twitter, and you look at him, there were a lot of teams looking at him. I mean, I'm su- surprised that he was still available at this point of the season.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it, absolutely, and yeah, you often get opposition fans telling you how bad they are don't you but you actually had a lot saying you know he I think he'll do well at Yoval at this level yeah Um, so yeah I mean credit again to Chris for convincing him to 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 come to us and um it'll all be about managing his minutes now I guess because if he is a little bit injury prone without a season without a pre-season we don't we haven't got the bodies to um deal with many more injuries so Um, But I'm excited to to see him, and he he just seems so tenacious that I think he'll be pushing
3: for a start very soon. Yeah, and and Foxy, there was a couple of um, moments again. I was was listening on commentary, but I did see a very good um, photograph of one of them from our photographer, or not our photographer, but the man who very kindly gives us his photographs, Mike Guns. Um, he, he flashed a couple across the face of goal, that just needed someone in there to just just tuck it away. And I think when Chris Sargi spoke afterwards, he said that he was disappointed we didn't win the game. Those chances sounded like the like the ones he was he was talking about, and Touré yeah. sounded like he was right in the middle of them.
1: Yeah, there was one right near the end where we probably actually needed um, needed him in the actual box to to yeah. finish that off, really, because there was a lot of tired legs uh, at the end of the game, really. So. He he created the chance really well, drove it across goal, and there just no one just could no one could actually. I don't think anyone had the energy in yeah. the end um, to actually finish finish the ball off. But like you say, we could have could and should have probably won it in the end. I felt we you know as I said earlier, I felt we matched up to Wrexham really well, um, and after their first goal, it, it you know it felt that we we were in the game and we matched them, which was really pleasing to see
2: there were a number of those chances and they were, they were the same sort of chances at Scunthorpe actually where how many times have we said in previous season, we do not get the ball into the box quick enough. We have been, but there's no one there to put it in. I actually said to Chris Elfair that perhaps if Fisher was in that position, um, sorry, hey? sorry, fish. You know what? You're going to make me make mistakes on commentary now, and I call not <laughs> no, don't
3: blame me. Don't blame me. <laughs> I've written down Give as you. a title. He's not a fish. That that is that is going as my title for now, unless we get something better.
2: Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you'd had fish on the pitch, then maybe he would have been able to put those away because he's the one yeah. that, he's that that striker that gets into those good positions and, and just bags of experience to be able to put those away. Yeah. Um, but we are definitely getting the ball into the box much, much quicker. And again, on Matt Worthington, corner taker, who would have thought it? Some brilliant deliveries. Um, And again, a couple of them flashed across the the face of goal, which is so, so difficult for any team to defend against. Um, So that's the only disappointment, really, because I actually think we could absolutely uh, have won the game. And um, the way we set up in the end, bringing Lawson on, we wanted to win it. I mean, I just could not believe it three minutes into... Into the seven minutes of added time because we changed a, an official. Um, Lawson Diaz has a throw-in and he takes it super quickly. Doesn't waste any time like you you would running down the clock. Was, we're going to win this. And mm. um, from that that point of view, I just think it's a, a positive. I mean, we've only scored obviously two goals in two games. Um, we need we need someone to stop putting them away. But I think it is a, is a positive that we're getting into the box and into those good positions.
3: Yeah, there was a, a, an interesting moment in the second half, again, listening on the commentary, where Grant Smith tried to be a bit <laughs> Manuel Neuer with it. You, you probably had a better view of that one, Sheridan. What went on there?
2: I wish I could tell you. Right. <laughs> what on earth was he thinking? Ollie Palmer, who actually was quite quiet, I thought, yeah. throughout the game. Um, and it should have been an easy clearance for Grant Smith. He took a touch. Palmer was there. And how how Palmer didn't take the ball off him and put it into an empty net, I'll I'll never know. I'm not sure how he got away with it. But if we'd have lost the game because of that, I mean, he's had his moments, hasn't he, Grant Smith? But that was one of the worst heart-in-mouth moments. I really thought that 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 was it. Um, probably it was a bit more to to sort of his left-hand side. So maybe he just came out a bit too, too quick, but it was, it would have been an absolute howler and it was very very close and I wonder actually if Mullen it had been Mullen not Palmer um because Mullen ran the show I mean I actually felt for him a little bit because he was dragging his teammates Mm -hmm. because they weren't up to his level um and you know Palmer's a great striker but he just didn't quite Elliot Lee
3: played 40 times in League One for Charlton last season so it's crazy isn't it
2: yeah absolutely um but yeah, head in hand moment. And yeah. it must've been worse actually for you, because you couldn't, so far away when they're defending that end is horrible, isn't it? Just um.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, it was, um, when I saw it, I think, again, there were quite a few choice words from quite a few of the Thatcher's gold end that was like, oh my God, what is going on here? And it looked, from where 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 we were, it looked like whether, it just felt like, obviously, you know, he dived on the ball in the end, Grant Smith, as far as I could sort of see. But it just felt uh, a horror, could have been a horror moment. And something that probably, if that had happened last season, they would have nicked it and it would have been really undeserved. But maybe we get a little bit of luck uh, at the start of the season, which is uh, always good to see. And at least Grant Smith didn't do a David De Gea.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that yeah that one came a bit later on doesn't it sorry man united fans if you're uh, <laughs> if you're listening but i got the impression if looks could kill chris harvey's may well have been on a murder charge there was uh yeah one of yes. those so all in all a point um which i think if you'd have said to us before the game <laughs> would you take a point against wrexham i think we'd have all torn arms off for that one wouldn't we but um we go into another game uh, against Barnett uh, w- with f- f- feeling pretty confident, I'd say. Well, how, how would you feel going into that one, Foxy?
1: It's going to be another tricky game. Um, obviously, Barnett have strengthened um, really well, in my opinion, in the, in the summer. Um, David's looking at me and smiling, not Del Gorman.
3: Um, <laughs> I, I <I'd> never <laughs> mentioned anybody.
1: He didn't to woken. No, they've strengthened really well. It'll be a, it'll be a tough game. Um, I think. Obviously, it's the way that obviously everyone played in that heat um, on Saturday. So it's going to take a lot of um, energy levels uh, out of out of people's bodies. So hopefully, they've, you know, all the players can recover well over the next couple of days. And it'd just be good to see the same, same attacking intensity um, on Tuesday, and we have just got to see how it goes. Really, at the moment, you know, it's a it's a new team bedding in uh, together. I wouldn't change injuries, depending. I wouldn't change anyone from the starting lineup. Um, to be fair, we've not really got anyone else that can play in the positions. Really, I suppose the only one would be if. Um, Staunton moved into, into centre midfield um, but again in my opinion I, um, we've, I've, I've said this before Staunton, for me Staunton's best position is where he played on Saturday I thought he was outstanding Yeah he was He
2: was. I think this is classic Yeovil Town, though we've got to back up a point against who we all think are champions elect and with a home win against a team in and around us, we expect. We've got to try and get these results over the line. It's so early in the season, you're absolutely right. Um, forecast rain, which I think everyone will be very happy about. Um, but this is, this is where this team has got to progress. And this is where Chris has got to get them believing that, all right, you get a, you get a point against Moneybags Wrexham, but now you've got to go the bread and butter of the National League. And beat Barnet at home on a hot Tuesday night. Um, So I actually think it's quite an important game. And, you know, the longer it goes on waiting for your first win, especially as a new manager, how good would it be for for Chris Hargreaves to just get that ducked off his back, um, especially after such a positive performance on Saturday?
3: Yeah. Well, actually, uh, you, you you alluded to obviously the other we have, we haven't got sixty six point six six percent ginger midfield anymore, have we? So we're just thirty three point three 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 three. But um, but Debs has asked a, a question: if anybody is the owner of a oval Town calendar, uh, Mister August is. Del yeah, gorman <laughs> so um what, what what do we think about his return is he uh is he coming back to haunt us or is he coming back to uh scare the pigeons on top of the uh thatcher's gold stand
2: i really enjoyed having i got a text from from mitch um saying that matt Worthington had liked to tweet about how his good deliveries for the corners yet we had dale gorman on them and matt Worthington had liked it despite not being tagged in it right. and he said, and he said Matt Worthington's going in two-footed on Dale Gorman on
3: Tuesday, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take my corners away from me. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. So I wouldn't be surprised if he scores a free kick because um, <laughs> that just is what happens, isn't it? Um, he'll be up for it. He'll be up for it, Dale Gorman. But you know, it's one player. Um, it's a shame Ben Richards Everton isn't facing his old old club, so it could be a one apiece. But You can't worry about him too much, you know. I don't actually think... I know we offered him a contract, but of all the players... I I know we eventually lost Knowles, didn't we? But I wasn't... I wouldn't have been disappointed if he stayed and I wasn't particularly disappointed that he went. So I was, you know, feeling pretty fine about it either way. um, He's going to clip this up when he scores a hat-trick, isn't he? But, um, yeah, I... You know, is what it is. Um, we've just got to try and try and beat them if he scores, so be it. Um, but I think it's more important that that we get three points on on the board, and I really want the home form to be better this season.
3: OK, well, I've kind of taken us into questions now, and we have got a few. Um, I think we're about three quarters of an hour in now, so I'm going to go on to our GCQs, and I'm just having a look through to see which um, um the best one to start with, because we may already have answered this. Some, some bloke called Ian, um, I, Perky, has said, how refreshing was it to see us get the ball down and play football? For all Souls positives, it was a bit crash, bang, wallop. But, and I like this quote, Hargreaves ball, looks a lot more controlled what well, do you think as a terrace dwelling uh uh supporter foxy yeah yeah happy with a bit of hargreaves ball a
1: bit of hargreaves ball huh. um thanks ian for the question um where is he tonight <laughs> is he on holiday he's he?
3: uh cribs causeway i oh, Corsway, yeah, that's yeah. It. <laughs> hope he's having a good shopping
1: trip in che- yeah checking
3: checking out the bargains in tk yeah exactly
1: yeah yeah um it, yeah, you know, it's, again, it's too early to tell how we're playing, but it's good to see us play it along the floor, quick passing football, people moving into space, people wanting the ball, and where, you know, for, for all Darren's positives that he brought to us, the team, it was quite long ballish at times. I just, you know, hope that we continue to keep it along the floor and play to our strengths because although we've got a big defensive unit it's just the middle of midfield and obviously moving forward that aren't the biggest so obviously Sam Pearson is not the biggest he wants the ball to his feet as soon as we were playing that ball to his feet on Saturday he was running running at the defense and that's what we need to you know we need to do more of um on Tuesday and get him in the game like that because as soon as we did he was he was electric. So yeah, it's it's really pleasing to sort of see some quick passing football on the floor for once.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I actually think his recruitment, the loans in particular, are players that like to run with the ball. They're they're confident with the ball. I mean, how many times did we sort of say when we played the better teams that we just sat without the ball? That's not what we do now. Um, We certainly didn't didn't do it against Wrexham, and and we didn't do it against against Scunthorpe, so we are taking the game to teams more um, than perhaps we we did before. And I think so many of our players are comfortable. I mean, look at Storm, you're right, Staunton was unbelievable yesterday. And I actually didn't think he had his best game at, at Scunthorpe, so um, back in the centre of defence and he's comfortable. I mean, really, he set up um, Mal for, <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the goal, so. I, I think his recruitment has, has showed that. And I think I said this on, on commentary that he's inherited a few good players from, from last season, but he's not afraid to put his, his own stamp on it. And we're seeing, we're seeing the benefits of that. And yeah, it's just two games. So who knows? Um, and he said to me afterwards, didn't he, that we will change shape. We will change shape depending on who, who we play and, and what has happened in that game. Um, whereas we wouldn't really do that did we um, in previous seasons so yeah I think the sign, signs are good it's far too early but um, I I enjoyed the drama of yesterday's game but I also enjoyed the football I thought it was it was a good and with the heat so if we can have that intensity and pass the ball around like we did in that heat I think um, we'll be able to do it again throughout throughout the season so yeah it's it's exciting
3: yeah, you mentioned, Sheridan, uh, about uh, recruitment. Uh, so Robin Batchelor has asked a question as to whether we think our squad is complete now. He says, um, it seems like we have depth across attacking positions. We have more loans than we can play. The only place we don't have any cover is left back for record. Do you agree with
2: that? I doubt we're done. Um, I think we're going to see a few of the loans go back. Um I think I think the, sp- the 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 spine is there, um, and I think it's good that we've got attacking options. I think we need to see who's chipping in with goals. I think that's going to be really really important. I mean, how many times did we say it last season? The defenders need to chip in, the midfielders need to need to chip in. But if we're still struggling to put the ball in the back of the net, and it's so hard to recruit players, aren't isn't it that that put the ball in the back of the net? Um, but yeah, I mean we do have have cover. I mean we've even got cover in goalkeeping sense, which you know is quite quite remarkable. I think we'd be happy with either either um, goalkeeper in goal at the moment. But I do think we probably need a little bit more. Uh, slightly concerned that you know Ben Richards Everton is now out. I don't know how long for. It seems to be we need to see what the scan says or, or his specialist says. That could be potentially a long injury, or it could be he's back. He's back in a couple of weeks, but. To then throw in 18-year-old Alfie Alfie Pond is is quite intense, isn't it? Um, so I am sort of worried that you pick up a few injuries in the busy August, where you've got um, a Tuesday night game and then you've got a bank holiday game on Saturday Monday. I just I'm just not sure we've quite got the depth we need, particularly when a
3: couple of them, Torre, Diath, are not match fit yet. Yeah. What do you think, Foxy? uh you think uh, you'd be happy to carry on the season? Obviously, there's no transfer window, is there? So there's nothing to really stop us from, uh, from, from signing.
1: I really feel that we need to add into our centre midfield area um, for me. Um, with Staunton, in my opinion, have his best position for me is sort of in that back three there. I really do feel we need another centre midfielder to partner Worthington. A box to box, a box to box player as such, really for me. Like like Sheridan says, we need to score, we need more goals from elsewhere. And Worthington, for all his hard work that he does, he's not really. I've never really seen him shoot in all the years that I've, <laughs> all the years that he's been here. We really, in my opinion, I think we need that box-to-box sort of midfielder, which I think I thought, you know, Sam Perry would be. Um, but, again, I know it's early, but it feels that he probably isn't going to be that player. I just feel that we're just lacking something in that midfield area for me. Um, so that would be my main main sort of target would be in that area. And, like you say, you know, I mean, we may need another... You know, depending how how it goes, we may need another striker. I'm not sure, you know, Ollie Olivier Holbert as uh, Ben called. <laughs> very good, well. very good, yeah. Thank you. Um you know, whether he's the finished article at the moment, I could see him going out on loan somewhere. Um I think we're gonna need we're gonna need a bit of cover. I really do think we're gonna need a bit of cover because, you know, Although Linton scored that goal yesterday, we're going to need goals elsewhere. And hopefully Fisher will be that person. Um, but we, we've known in the past, obviously, his main strengths are his hold at play, his flick-ons, bringing in people into play. But he also needs to hopefully get a, a goal quickly to get him up and running as well.
3: Yeah. And on, on the subject of midfield, James Churchill asks, will we be able to keep Lawson? As he returns to fitness, he'll be looking for pasties elsewhere, certainly uh, higher, given his talent. There is a question mark at the end of that. So, uh, I mean, Sheridan, presumably you've got the inside track on Lawson. <laughs> I mean, is he staying or what's his, what's his deal? Uh,
2: yeah, of course he is. He was absolutely blowing after yesterday, mind. He was yeah. not happy that Scott was making him do the running. Um, <laughs> I I feel for Lawson because we all know he should be playing at a higher level, but his injuries have just plagued his career. He's not had a pre-season. Um, and genuine genuinely, his injury record, clubs are gonna look at it and go, Do we take a punt on he's gonna be 30 in December? I think he's he's here to stay. He's obviously signed the contract as well. So, you know, he's not he's not going anywhere. I have to say, and you know, I'm very biased. I spent a lot of time with Law <laughs> with Lawson, but I didn't expect him to make such an impact yesterday because He's not played. He's not, he's not had a preseason. He had that little niggle that was that previous injury. But he looked like the Lawson. We've all known he is. Um, he's a wonderful player. I just, I just worry how much we're going to get out of him. And for his sake and and for ours, because I think we're, we're a much stronger team with, with him in it. He reads the game so well. He he supports the the younger younger players. Um, but I don't think we need to worry about, about him moving on. I think he knows that. This is where he needs to get back to fitness, get his football back, and and he does love the club. If anyone listened to him on commentary, you know <laughs> that he loves he loves the club, and and he hates Weymouth, yeah, and he really hates Weymouth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so,
3: yeah. Why would he be anywhere else then?
2: I mean, it's it, it's great that there, that these questions are being asked because it means he made an an, an impression. Um,
3: yeah, yeah. But I think uh Barry uh, Spellows, uh regular um uh, reader, said something about he. Uh, He'd go a long way and pay a lot of money to watch Lawson Diaz play uh, regularly. You said I think you can all probably relate to that one.
1: I thought he did really well when he came Mm. on yesterday. Obviously, we know he hasn't had a pre-season. We know he probably hasn't got the legs under him at the moment. And it felt that Chris or even Scott told him, you know, "You, you run, keep running. And that's what he did when he came on. Yeah, he was having to chase about a bit and put their players under pressure to to win the ball back, but he ran around and he looked, you know, he looked like he was hopefully getting back to the old Lawson that we know, but yeah. it'd be good to have that experience, an experienced player to come on, come on to the pitch. I don't think he's going to be playing, you know, starting a lot of games, if I'm being totally honest, you know, I think he probably will start the odd, the odd few, but um, he's that experienced player in that, in that diamond that can replace Pearson um, and still be doing the job that Pearson did.
3: Okay. Right. Well, I'm going to take this, this conversation off the pitch a little bit now because uh, we have got a couple of questions about some off the pitch stuff from obviously the first game of the season. So I'm going to set a little bit of context because there's a couple of questions we've had come in about the match day experience. So just to give a bit of uh, a bit of history, I guess, and I won't go on too long about this, but in terms of um, things that the, the, the club's leadership has told us about um, the uh, improvements to the match day experience, I would say, I would digging around to see, well, what are the kind of things that we've been promised might be two stronger words, but it's certainly been told to us that things that are coming. And I, I was having a look back through the Glover's Cast archives to just over a year ago now, uh, July, when, when Scott um, Priestnall was speaking alongside Darren it was at the time, um, talking about the match day experience at the start of last season. So he said, and I'll rattle through this, with new bars, different areas, people can go deboarding the boardroom and trying to make it more fan-orientated and make it an exciting place to come. That has to be done off the pitch as well as on it. I want people to enjoy their experience again a lot of changes coming in bit by bit, but um, as we see the season start, you'll see a very different Jewish part, more inviting and more entertaining. Now, to give Scott all his due, I imagine he will probably say, as he did at the end of um, end of the, this season, when, when he spoke, he would say he didn't know whether he was going to own the club through a lot of last season. So maybe some of the things that he wanted to start um, uh, bringing in didn't come about for that. You can choose, dear Glover's cast listeners, whether you, you take that as an answer or an excuse. Um, but then when he did speak again in, in April, he talked about things coming through in the pipeline. He did say nothing's done overnight. Um, but he said that uh, he wanted to make Jewish Park the premier venue um, and sporting place in Somerset and obviously get the club back to the to the Football League. And then just uh, in, in June, we heard from Stuart Robbins, where he was talking about, uh, plans for uh, a fans' area behind the Thatcher stand to create a nicer environment with other things going on um, and make it more accessible for people um, as well as other places around the ground. Now, I wanted to set that little bit of context because there's a question we've had coming from Dan Johnson saying, uh, When will we see the improvement in the match day experience as promised by our supreme leader, who I can only assume he means Scott Priest? And Stuart Robbins, the bar and the tea bars went absolute shambles yesterday. I will note that someone who I think Dan probably knows then came in and said to him, I hope you weren't talking about the bar behind the factors that I was working on, Daniel. And by the fact they call him Daniel, that sounds like he's in trouble to me. So um watch out for that one, Dan. But um, yeah, and then there was a bit of back and forth with them saying that the the um, this this uh, commenter uh, Mike Bennett said that he got a lot of praise from people around the ground so sharing it's probably fair to say that you have a different match day experience being the press box to the average supporter but, but Foxy did you sample any of the match day experience did you notice any changes when you came into the ground compared with um, the end of last season no I thought uh, I sent you all to sleep there. I mean, on about. Well, there. nearly, nearly. Um, I,
1: was, I was too busy thinking about Mal. To be honest, Mal and, Mal and Fish. Um, it's, it's and been then, on my uh, mind
3: as well. I have to say. Yeah.
1: The only, the only difference that I saw from last season was on the season ticket. They've got a QR code, and they scan your QR code as you go in through the through the turnstile instead of marking it down on a sheet. Um, yeah. Apart from that, I saw nothing different. I went round um, to the club shop before the game. Um, I don't get there very you know, much before kickoff anyway. Um, that was really busy. That was really good to see. Um, but I didn't see anything for fan experience as such. Um, it would be good if we could get a few more bars behind the Thatcher's goal, but I don't think there's really enough space. I think the area where you need to actually have this match day fan experience, fan zone, would be on that roundabout and having stools stalls out there. Um, I've got a, a friend of mine who I was actually out with on Friday night, um, who's a Bristol Rovers season ticket holder, and they, they've got this fan match day fan zone where there's loads of different bars um loads of food outlets which bring in the money he used to go to a pub before the game um but now he goes there um you know and they had a kickoff at half 12 on saturday he was leaving um admittedly you know it was an hour away but him and his son were leaving about two three hours before the game um you know, it'd be great to to have something like that. You know, let's be honest, we're not we've not got any cars that are going around the area. Um, it'd be great if we could have a couple of stalls there, and maybe move the bar the bars that are behind the Thatcher's Gold Stand, move them into that area, so more people know about it, more people can interact, and everyone can group together. Um, it's great to see that. Obviously, you know, I turned up about quarter past two and there was loads of people obviously drinking behind the Thatcher's gold stand which is great but it'd be great to, to move it into another area. There might be some people that, that go to the game that obviously won't even go behind the Thatcher's gold stand that don't even know that there's a, a, a bar there um, behind the Thatcher's gold stand. So have it right at the front of the main where the shop is or near the shop. People go oh let's go and get a drink there or let's go and get a bit of food. You know, there might be some different food stalls, just something to obviously bring the money into the club. Um, yeah. You know, we've got a big area where there's a, a marquee. Um, now the bar looks like they're using the bar upstairs, maybe turn that into a bit of a fan zone. Not that, you know, the planning permission's already there. And well you know, we've got a tent there. So there should be no restrictions. And obviously, as we know, we've got the the covenants, as far as we're aware, are are now off the land. So let's, you know, invest, if we can invest. I know Scott, you know, we haven't heard from him um, at all recently. Um, If we can just invest into that area, we could get so much more revenue. So We're missing so much revenue. Just having something there, um, even you know, I'm not sure what, if it happened yesterday. I don't know. Obviously, Wrexham brought six, seven hundred fans yesterday. I'm not sure if there was a bar at the away end. I'm guessing there probably was. I'm not too sure. I didn't go that way, but we could have missed out on a lot of revenue from six, seven hundred Wrexham fans. In so, that, be honest, <laughs> driven, driven four, four or five hours down the motorway. yeah <laughs> It's yeah. just easy, it's just easy thinking, it's easy money, and it's just frustrating that, you know, at the start of the season, the only difference that I saw yesterday was a QR code on the yeah. season ticket.
3: Yeah, I, I, and I mean, it, it probably is fair, it, well, it certainly sounds like things that are they're happening, and, you know, speaking to various people around the club, it sounds like that there is, and obviously, Stuart, when he, when he was on the podcast the other week, he was talking about exactly what you said there, Foxy, about needing to to generate that revenue off off the field. And I mean, there are things that that are happening. Uh, we, we, we've obviously got the the happy hour and uh, Alex Stock Lounge, um, which was uh, which was on there, and um, I did see Mark Robinson. Uh, messaging with someone saying you know just come down give it a try i'll buy you a drink come and have a chat let's talk about it which is the kind of i know it's little things but it's the kind of communication that we've said that we wanted so we can't you know criticize People for for doing the thing, things that we do. There's the local hero thing, you know, yeah. with the finding someone to, to bring that in. I know it's Ian uh, Welsh was asking people what songs they wanted playing. The programs come back because um, people have said they wanted the the, the the program there. I mean, what do you think, Sheridan? Is it is it unfair to to be too critical at this stage, or, or, or have people got a right um, to say, well, you promised us something was going to happen, and I can't really see it.
2: Well, of course they've got a right. They pay their money. They pay their hard-earned money. They've absolutely got a right. And you're right, I don't really have a match day experience in the same way. I'm just in the press box. But what I noticed was the community hero, the mascots. I mean, there were games before we didn't even have mascots. And those are the sort of things we need to do more of. On the actual question about the tea bars, I did hear that, again, they're just either too busy, too slow, um, and people are gonna. I mean, I remember doing that when I would go. Spend, we'd be queuing and didn't get to the front in time. And I want to watch the football, so you've yeah. missed out on five pounds, five pounds, whatever I was going to buy. So that I definitely think needs to needs to improve. And I walked up the Alex Stock Lounge before I went over to to the press box, and I heard a lot of the staff sort of getting a first day training. So I think there's a little bit of you know, let's give them a bit of time. I think a lot of young young people are, are taken to the bars and things like that. So I'm I'm hopeful that that they will improve. Um I and I, you know, these things do take time, but I think we're gonna have to see the action, you know, over the next few home games. Um and hopefully maybe in every home game see something something new coming on. And um, there are there are changes happening. But yeah, I know there wasn't a, a bar um, for for Wrexham. But you know, we've heard last I remember hearing Bournemouth fans just saying it was an absolute carnage and just didn't didn't work. Don't know if that's the case on on, on Saturday or, or not. Um but I think those 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 are such such simple things, such simple things where you should be able to to get that money um each and every match day. So um yeah I think we've just gotta 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 wait and see for, for the actions but um I know that the, the feedback was that, that that stuff needs to, needs to improve for, for the next game.
1: But w- yeah. What will, what I will say is, you know, I don't want, you know, what we've just said there, I don't want it to, to you know, I know um, Pat, um, I'm going to call Pat Custard out because she's brilliant. I know she might take that to heart because obviously I know she runs around the tea bars a hell of a lot as a volunteer because mm-hmm. she loves the club so much. And that's what is so frustrating, is that Pat is running around l- looking after all the tea staff for free.
3: Yeah,
1: And I know she does it in the goodness of her heart. And I-, I applaud her, I really do applaud her for that. But I know that she's got a season ticket right next to my my mate in the main stand, which she doesn't sit in because she's running around. She's not watching the match anymore. And it yeah. shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the case. I'm sorry, look, we're a professional football club. And I know I know we're we're in non-league. And Pat does an amazing job. But it really does feel that the the, the people higher up are, are are using them a little bit. Using them because they know I, I, I
3: mean Pat I do think it. I do think Pat Pat would do it anyway, wouldn't she? You know, even know, if you had, a, if, you you had a, if you had a, if you had a hundred people there doing all the stuff, the, she'd she sh- she still be. be there, but she shouldn't be the only one. I no, I agree. She
1: shouldn't you. be the only one,
3: and I'm sure she she's not. Be. But you know, no, there, there'll be other people. She shouldn't
1: be the yeah. one. She you know, we need. It's just frustrating to see because I know how much Pat loves the football club, and I I want to see her go and enjoy the game. Yeah. Not having to rush around to try and sort out the tea bars, and to be fair, in my what I found, I went to the tea bars behind the Thatcher's Gold stand before the game um, when we walked in to get a drink, and at halftime, and both were absolutely superb. They had drinks in the fridge cold. I even looked, you know, obviously it's a it was a cold cold day. It was a warm day, and they could see that they had they were prepared. The, fidget, the fridges were full, which was really good to see. They had loads of spares as well, which was great to see. So, my experience of the tea bars were brilliant. Were, were brilliant. Um, obviously, I don't know what happened in the in the other two stands, but from what I could see, it was fine behind the Thatcher's Gold stand. But yeah, it's just just little things like that. You just want to see some improvements, and hopefully, you know, like you say. Effort. There was little improvements, obviously, with the ball, you know, with the, with um, you know, the presenting on the pitch of the match ball, which was really good, you know, and he got a big round of applause, which was really good to see as well. So that was pleasing. But it's just little things that what frustrate you, where you know you feel that we we're missing out on that revenue, and like I say, a, a bar, a couple of bars behind the the away end, on a on a on a warm day. Not every Wrexham fan was driving home that night. You could have made,
3: you could have made a lot of money. Yeah. And um, just to, to, to give a, a bit of balance, always try to give a bit of balance, there's another comment on, on here from Andrew Meadows, who says, um, I, I sat in the stand yesterday and looking at the stadium, it's, it's fair to say it looked a lot better. So he's asked the question, if you had half a million to spend on, a, on the stadium, you can't spend it on a striker, I'm sorry, um, what would you spend it on? And it sounds like Foxy's going to get an army of people so Pat doesn't have to go and dust the cobwebs off the seats. What would you spend half a million on, Sheridan?
2: Thatchers?
3: Thatchers. <laughs> That's a lot of thatchers, yeah. That would go
2: quick, though, wouldn't it? That it, would
3: it on quick. on Saturday, I imagine it would have gone quick.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, half a million. I have no real work out where that, where that is. What well, we'll say this wouldn't cost half a million. But I remember when we had that... Um, at Markey, when the players who weren't in the squad would play like table football with the with the kids, I love. Oh yeah,
3: that. and they had Xbox or something once as yeah. well, didn't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe shove the half a million, all the Xboxes you want Yeah, um, I'd love to see something like that back because I just remember I took my little cousin and I like, have just met Alex Fisher. Um, <laughs> so fish you know, you met fish, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's what my cousin said. Um. So I would like to see something like that. That return. Um, yeah. I can imagine how cool you could make
3: it with half a million. Yeah. Would you reckon, Foxy? What would you spend half a million on?
1: Um, I think I've probably already sort of said it—a new little fan zone, like a fan zone with food stalls and and outside bars. Um, obviously, I know it's difficult because you know it was lovely weather. Um, obviously, Saturday we're gonna we're gonna experience wind and rain at some point, but just sort of something like that really that gets uh you know people meeting up with their friends before the game and also a new scoreboard on the um on the um the, the scoreboard on the um
3: oh yeah on the... stand
1: has fallen had fallen yeah. off but merely that had been it hadn't been fixed but they'd replaced it with a brand new screw fix community stand which was really good to see as well but and you anyway, may be a new scoreboard on that side because uh the scoreboards don't work on the uh on each side of
3: the stand now. Only behind the goal. Okay. Right. Well I'd, I'd have a skit lally. I think I've said that before though. So I'm not sure if you can if you can have five hundred grand for a skit lally, you probably get something in there, couldn't you? But um Okay, well thank you. That was a bit of off the field chat. We've got a couple of quick um on back on the field ones, which I'll, I'll I'll rattle through before we um uh before we wrap it up. So first of all, Hewish Hugh, Hugh says, Happy birthday, the boy coach. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, those two regular Gloverscarth youth players, I think he means um uh, ben and Ian, as opposed to you two, but you can be youth players as well. Um, not old enough to answer this one anyway, but are there any better goals than Malachi Linton scored um, in a Hewis Park debut for YTFC since Darren Keeling in 1998? Now, I remember Darren Keeling in and That was an absolute... That that was very similar to Malachi Linton's um, uh, a goal, and he was on a debut. Now... That's probably a bit of a, a bit of a tricky one. Can you can you think of any of uh, a debut a debutante player who scored a goal like that? Not not like that. Was, I
1: mean, was Danny Rodriguez was he was his day de- that's right, that's that a question. debut.
3: Yeah. yeah, I can't remember whether it's his was the over a kick, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the only one that I can think of. Like I was watching you over what nineteen ninety eight because um, obviously I'm only a little bit younger than you, <laughs> David. Um, I'm a year uh, older
3: today, mate, so uh, don't worry. <laughs>
1: um, and I don't actually remember the Keating goal, if I'm being totally honest. He scored uh, twice,
3: he scored twice in one game and that was yeah. all he did in his entire career. <laughs> yeah, I think. That might
1: so, be, yeah, that might be it, Yeah, that might be it. That might be it. but yeah. I blame the alcohol over the years, that's what I blame, <laughs> for my memory loss. Um But yeah, I'd say probably the Danny Rodriguez one would be the one. I think that, I'm not 100% sure, but I just imagine that was his debut because I remember him coming on. He came on, I'm sure he came on and then scored that overhead kick.
3: Yeah. And um, uh, well, Chris Payne has asked a, asked the question of uh, what's the best goal at Hughes Park you've missed um, because you left the game early. Um, and he said he he missed the one which I remember now. Yeah, Yoan Arquin against uh, Northampton. He's oh. he's put the um, the YouTuber on there, and uh, and then <laughs> we've um, we we've messaged Jimmer talking about how he went to the um, went for a toilet break when Ed Opsen <laughs> scored that one against um, Sheffield United, which I don't think any of it. have you have you ever missed uh, a, a, an, an, ama- an amazing moment let's say rather than a goal I don't think I have no okay, you can't really miss it if you're in the press box can you but as a supporter no no player, true. But, but as a supporter I, I do remember going to
2: Forest Way
3: and you, you, well, you were doing no, it in the t t-ball <laughs> like, I think it was,
2: a, it was a league game ah, okay. I remember Dad coming back going that's a good point and I was like we're 1-0 down and he missed the, the Forest goal. So oh. <laughs> we were going back with a well, well, um, well-earned well point, and we weren't. I um, don't you know how you miss the, the city ground erupting, but there we go. Yeah. um I don't think I... We've never left a game early, I don't think. No. Um, and I certainly can't now, as much no. as some, I might want to.
1: You can't leave it to me and Ben, can yeah. really? be i out.
2: I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Exactly. Well, they've proven it by tonight, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. With their, yeah, exactly. like, with their, with their no show. But um, yeah. OK, so um I just want to another one from Rob Cox, who I know is a programme seller, or certainly was, I think still is, at um, A. Hewish Park. So he said, with the welcome return of the Match Day programme, is there a future for a printed publication in the longer term? We did do a little poll just an hour and a half before kickoff on Saturday, asking people whether they were going to buy one. 68% of the though of the 50 odd people who've voted, because presumably a lot of them were at the ground, um, said that they were gonna buy one. Um and obviously the rest said that they weren't. Uh what 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 do we think? Printed program, did you did you get one, Foxy?
1: I didn't know. Um I haven't, if I'm honest, I've not had a program for years. I don't really get I don't don't really collect programs. Um I think I've got the odd one for like big big games. Um but I don't really buy them very often. Um, I used to when you know I used to when I when I was younger um, going to games obviously badger my dad to uh, to get me a program as a as a youngster. So um, what I was pleased to sort of see is not only the program being back because it's sort of a collector's item for the the, the kids really as well going to their, going to a game and getting a program and trying to if you're in the main stand see if you can get a signature or two. And I think what was really good to sort of see was those the cards that they've got as well those collector cards yeah. and that's a really you know that was a really sort of smart move really you know you know kids are going to go oh dad mum can I can we get go a back
3: because I've got a you
1: know I've got a
3: I haven't I've got, a got Mal, fish but I a haven't Mal. got Mao
1: yeah yeah <laughs> I've got fish but not Mao signature so you know. So, yeah, that that was really good sort of, you know, it's a really good, um, really good move, I think, by the club to actually bring it back. Obviously, there was a lot of heat on them last season um, when they decided not to, um, not to do the programmes um, at the, near the end of the season. So it was a good, good positive move for them to bring those back and even add to the programme with those little cards, those collection cards that... Um, you know, now you collect one, you want to collect them all, you know, panini stickers back in the day, you know, World Cup Panini stickers trying to collect them all. So, you know, kids are now gonna go, Oh yeah, can we go and get another program? I need to get need to get a new sticker or a new card, yeah. sorry, my collection.
3: You're gonna be swapping your fish shiny for your Grant Smith shiny instead, are you? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. I think we've got we we've got to credit the club, haven't we? They listen. Yeah. And uh, certainly a lot of clubs I've seen at the beginning of the season are not doing programmes. Um, and I, hopefully they're printing the right amount because that's, you know, good business sense. And making, I saw that they sold out, so great. Because that's, that's what you don't want, is it to, to print so many and then you've got loads left over and it's not financially viable. Um, I'm like, yeah, I probably wouldn't buy one now, um, but I know a lot of people love them. So, you know, if, people, if, it's, if it's the demand's there, then great.
3: Absolutely. Okay, right. Well, we'll finish with this one from Nick Knight who said with Jimmy Touré's shirt displaying G Touré, do we assume that more Touré signings are imminent or does the club just have a surplus of the letter G's? Perhaps one for the gaffer's presser. Well, Sheridan, <laughs> I don't know if you're at the gaffer's next presser but there you go, you got a question there. What, what do we think? Is uh, Yaya or Colo uh, on their way in? I said that on commentary. I was like, why is he got a G who's coming
2: in? Just make sure we don't get him mixed up with Yaya. I mean, yeah. I love it. Um, I don't, I, I have no idea why. But um, yeah, let's start those rumours swirling
3: out there. Yeah. Which yeah. one would you have, Foxy? Yaya or Colo? Oh, both. Let's get the Tory,
1: let's get the Tory, uh, Tory triplets in into the club, you know. <laughs> uh,
3: we wouldn't Bring know on. which
1: one, we wouldn't know what to sing, Yaya Colo, <laughs> or, uh, or Ginny.
3: Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy. G- Jimmy Jimmy Jimmy
1: <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy I said it
3: <laughs> <laughs> right there you go well bring the get the cut get the uh get the tour a triplets in there you go there's a late contender for the title for this podcast well wow. Well, thank you very much to both of you. I've kept you a very long time on a very hot evening. So thank you again for, for joining us. And uh, hopefully when we're back on Thursday, we will be talking about our first three points of the season um, and not something involving Mr. Dale Gorman. So <laughs> thank you again, Sheridan. And thank you, Foxy. Thank you and happy Enjoy. birthday. Oh, well, yes. Thank you very much. Have a good I'll, rest of your birthday. I will try my very best. I won't ask you to sing, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Radio, thanks again.
0: And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Doc slams it in. There's
1: Lindergaard making for his back pedal.